0: Good evening. This is Milton Rosenberg. Welcome again to extension 720. Uh, The Bible is endlessly quotable, but one of my favorite quotations is, In my Father's house are many mansions. Of course, it's mistranslated by those who did the King James Version. Uh, The word that they translate as mansions does in the original Hebrew apparently mean tents, but either way, the notion is that uh, God looks down and allows us to come at Him through many different uh, roads, and through many different conceptions. Uh, Why do I remind you of all of that now? Because we're talking tonight about conversion from one religion to another. And we've got three fascinating guests, Leslie Simon, Terry McSweeney, and Nancy Alley. all of them women who started someplace and wound up someplace else. Started in Christianity and wound up in Judaism, started in Judaism and wound up in Roman Catholicism, started in Roman Catholicism and wound up in Islam. And we will tonight be somehow just trading views about the nature of conversion, about the role of religion in contemporary life, and we'll see where it all goes from there. The conversation to commence right after the usual update on the evening's news from David Stewart. And here are three guests that I've been looking forward to for some time since we arranged for them to come in tonight. They are Leslie Simon, uh, Terry McSweeney, and Nancy Alley. They've never met one another, but, uh, they are all friends of people we know and thus we were able to recruit them for a discussion of conversion, of the change of religion. Leslie Simon uh, is, as the name might suggest, Jewish. That is, uh, she was married, indeed at the moment is no longer married, to a uh, Jewish gentleman and became Jewish some ten years ago. Terry McSweeney As the name might suggest, is married to an Irish fellow and uh, has come to Roman Catholicism since her marriage. She has been uh, a full convert uh, for the last three and a half years or so. Nancy Ali started uh, on a birthright basis as a Roman Catholic, married Mr. Ali, who is from Pakistan, and uh, converted to Islam some seven years ago. One would have to ask, and I must touch this base before we do anything else, would you account for your separate conversions basically uh, as a way of pleasing your husbands or as influence exerted by your husbands? Could you possibly have made the conversion that you did make if you hadn't been married to a man who already was on a birthright basis a member of that faith? What about that, Terry?
1: I think it started because of my husband. Probably the change would never have come if I wasn't married to a Catholic. But the conversion came and I looked into Catholicism because of my husband and my child at the time. We now have two children. So that's where it began for me, but it turned out to be a completely different story once I started Mm -hmm. on my conversion program, learning about Catholicism and what it means to me.
0: So when you married uh, Dennis McSweeney, Mm -hmm. Uh, you didn't feel at the time nor did he suggest you at the time you ought to become a Catholic.
1: No, he never put any pressure on me. He never said you have to raise our children Catholic. He never put any kind of pressure Mm -hmm. on me at all. He just said whatever makes you happy.
0: Same question, reference to a different religion and to a different marriage. What about you, Nancy?
1: My
2: situation was uh, similar but I I can honestly say that uh, in my situation my husband never mentioned a word to me about his religion before or at the time of our marriage.
0: Well, you knew he was Muslim when you married. He vaguely
2: mentioned that he was a Muslim, but prior to that time I I didn't even know what a Muslim was, to tell Mm -hmm. you the truth. I mean, I had heard the terminology, but I I didn't attach any significance to it. Um, I came to know about Islam basically through friends of my husband, through uh, some relatives of my husband, but he himself never talked about the religion to me, though he did practice it himself privately, because in Islam it is forbidden to compel a person to accept Islam. Uh, It's not encouraged, um, so therefore he did not encourage me. I tell you that if a man on the street had stopped me, or any other person, aside from my husband, and had brought the uh, issue of Islam up to me, And explained it to me, I think I would have accepted it. It's just a religion that clicked with my basic feelings. Mm. At the time I accepted Islam, I was not a devout Catholic. I had been away from my religion for at least ten years. I was a happy nothing.
0: But once you learned of the content of Islam, you say it just clicked. It
2: just clicked with me. I
0: want to hear about that click uh, in just a moment. I want to talk about what came to each of you that sort of certified and reinforced the necessity for conversion itself. But uh, first I want to just persist with the question I raised and uh, refer uh, now to Leslie Simon.
3: I had been interested in Judaism for a long time. I had um, inquired about it when I was in junior high school. I had written to a local rabbi and I really? had spoken with my father.
0: We should make clear your father was a Methodist minister, wasn't yes,
3: he? Yes, he was. He is still, uh, I
0: trust. Uh, yes. Uh-huh.
3: And uh, both of them responded the same way. They said that I was young and um, that they would be happy to talk when I was older, but to give myself time to grow and, and to think it through. Um, what do you think
0: drew you as a child? I I
3: Judaism think that I, I had some difficulty with Christian belief uh-huh. um, and theology, and um, I was always a religious person and I enjoyed <coughs> reading religious literature, and when I read about Judaism uh, I felt very comfortable with the belief system. I liked it a lot. I don't know if I actually would have gone through with a conversion because there's so much more involved than what a person Mm -hmm. believes if I hadn't met a Jewish man, but you have to wonder if you don't meet people um, that are Jewish for a particular reason, perhaps, I don't know. Um, But uh, when I met him, uh, we, of course, immediately, well, I shouldn't say of course, because he was essentially non-practicing and he also in no way uh, pushed or really even indicated that he was Jewish and I was very surprised when he said he wanted to raise children as Jews So at that point we got into discussions and decided to have a Jewish home and eventually I decided to yeah. convert myself
0: of course there are uh, You've been Jewish for ten years. I've been Jewish mm-hmm. for many more years than that I, But I'm less Jewish than you are. I'm Jewish I suppose I'm culturally more Jewish than you are both <coughs> my parents were Yiddish speaking and are East European immigrants. and I was raised in the New York ghetto, so to speak. But you are undoubtedly more Judaic than I am. Uh, So many Jews are like me. That is, they're sort of secularized. They have some loyalty to the identity and they uh, enjoy much about it. But I go to the synagogue about twice a year and I imagine you go far more often don't you?
3: I go often, but I don't like to say less or more Jewish. Uh, I, there are a lot of different ways of being Jewish and a lot of different ways that people identify
0: Well, I'm going to think between being that and Jewish and, and being Judaic because um, Jewishness is not merely yes. a religion. Mm-hmm. It is as well an ethnic uh, kind of quasi-national right. identity, isn't it?
3: And a lot of different kinds of knowledge, and I think mm-hmm. as you yeah. said also that there may be areas of knowledge that I have spent more time with and, and have accumulated more, but other are areas where mm-hmm being born in a community and having lived with it all your life, you may know more than I.
0: Conversion is a fascinating experience, and it's a fascinating thing to study. When Nancy spoke of it all clicking for her, that almost suggests a moment of truth, a moment of illumination when somehow you knew you had come upon something that was a deeper illumination than you'd ever had before, and you came to it uh, at that moment in which the fit between your own needs, your own identity, your own beliefs, and an established religious vision that fit suddenly seemed absolutely right. Um, Let's talk about conversion. and I'm wondering whether our other two guests came gradually to their faiths or had something like that flash of illumination. But I'd love to hear, to begin with, Nancy, about your flash of (coughs) illumination.
2: Well, (coughs) all of my life I have always felt very uh, sad about the fact that... uh, Religions were separated that there was a Judaism that there was a Christianity that there was an Islam I I don't I never felt that that was the purpose of creation that man should be divided against each other by religion I thought religion should be something that would draw people close together as a unit as a unit now there were two things uh, that Made everything click. The first thing was, I am a monotheist. I always was a monotheist, though I was brought up in the Catholic religion where the Trinity played a part, three persons in one God, it was uh, a d- difficult uh, concept for me to grasp as far as my relationship in worship. Now, Islam says there's one God, only one God. Muhammad is, a, is his messenger. He's not another god. He's just a messenger, a servant of God, <coughs> who was sent with a message to give to mankind. He Muhammad also says that, I didn't come find a new religion. I have come to renew the other two. So, Judaism, Christianity and Islam, to us, to we Muslims, are is a, one religion. It was not meant to be separated or divided. Those were the the two things that made me feel that this is it. One God. I only pray to one God. I don't go through any inter- intercessor to reach my Creator. My my worship is totally private. If I want to go to a mosque to pray, I can do that. I also can pray in the privacy of my home, in a closet if I wish, and my prayers are counted just as much.
0: You are Sunni Muslim.
2: Yes, I'm Sunni Therefore, Muslim. you are
0: required by in Orthodox practice to pray five times a day. Yes, do you do that? that?
2: yes i i I try there are times when i I, when i don't like i everyone faults here and there but i try my best on typical
0: day you get on your little prayer rug and you bow towards mecca five times a day
2: yes i do Uh but that's a that's a very good feeling to me see that keeps me in touch with god throughout the day that's another thing about islam that attracted Mm -hmm. me that it's not a once a week religion it's not something it there's no secularism in islam everything that you do every act that you perform is an act of worship and and your five times a day prayer reminds you that the creator is there in between your prayers you 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 think before you do something malicious to someone you yeah. because you know you're going to face god with within a certain time period and, and you want to purify yourself and you want to to keep yourself as perfect as possible
0: i picked up earlier on you using the word click but it it, it doesn't sound like it was a momentary click a sudden flash of absolute conversion no, it and wasn't. illumination but it
2: that's what prompted you to along research it. Ah, oh, yes. All right.
0: It took a few years. Five years. Five years of researching it before you committed yourself.
2: Absolutely. To
0: How does one commit oneself in Islam? Is oh, there?
2: It is very, very simple uh, commitment. You mm-hmm. just go before two Muslim witnesses, and <coughs> and just say, one kalma, as we say, it's a kalma, it's a verse, uh, which means there is only one God, Allah ham Rasulullah Muhammad is his messenger once you've that recited that Kalma you're a
4: Muslim mm-hmm.
2: that's all there is to it there's no party there's no bad there's nothing in 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 it besides that simplicity
0: yeah uh, Terry McSweeney came to Roman Catholicism from a Jewish background that's right uh, Over the long haul, in fact you've only been officially, you've only been baptized for three and a half years. years. But you were a catechumen and went through a good deal of that sort of training uh, and and church-sponsored learning of Catholicism.
1: That's right. Uh, I was married ten years before I entered the catechumenate. I think during that ten-year period I did a lot of soul-searching. I knew my husband was catholic but he never said anything to me about oh, why don't you change or anything i had decided during that time before i became catholic when we adopted our little girl that um she would be baptized my husband left it up to me to make that decision why did you son that uh i wanted her to have some direction in life i wanted her to be able to grow up and know who she was to be able to pray and understand to whom she's praying why she's praying Um, to be part of the faith community that was very important to me more important than i ever thought possible to me and at that time i myself was not ready but i made it a very strong commitment my husband asked me what do you want to do and i said i want her baptized i want her catholic he was from a very religious catholic home he had gone to catholic schools all his life he also was in the seminary before he met me he was a christian brother and i felt too that he had a very strong religious background that could help her along the way stronger than i'd had as i was growing up so that was basically why that decision Mm -hmm. was made but through that 10-year period you know i having her baptized started me thinking about myself i inquired uh, at a local priest where we were living at the time and he said well come on in i'll give you one-on-one education and that scared me off a little bit so i stopped right there and I said well maybe we'll look into this another time. <laughs> and yeah. then we moved to Schomburg and my husband went to uh, church several years after we moved there with his mother and he came home and he'd had the church bulletin with him and it said we welcome inquirers. Anybody interested in coming, come. Well most of the inquirers that went that evening just had made an appointment and everybody knew that they were <laughs> going to be there but I was different, I came in off the street, nobody knew, when there I was. And uh, Father Ron uh, Lewinsky mm-hmm. was sort of surprised to see me and he asked me about my present faith and why I was there. I had to fill out the questionnaires and everything. And I didn't think I would go back, but I kept going back and kept going back and there was something that just drawed me, drew me mm-hmm. to uh, Catholicism. I kept asking more questions, I kept challenging people around me, but instead of um, getting a lot of, uh, well, this is that, or things like that, uh, or anger because I was challenging these people to make me believe. I got a lot of friends out of it. I got a, a faith community that made me believe.
0: You found community?
1: Yes, that was important.
0: More than... You found community first and, and God afterwards. It sounds yeah, like uh, it that's means.
1: where it started. That's yeah. where it started growing for me. And mm-hmm. There are steps in the catechumenate that we go through and for the first 3 or 4 months of that program I didn't I couldn't make a commitment it was a struggle for me. I was going back and forth in my mind whether I could believe in Jesus, whether I could change my faith and really go in a drastic direction. And then somebody said to me, "Why don't you just relax? Stop challenging everybody. Stop a- being angry about it and trying to make people come to you with all these answers." And I went home that evening and i just sat back and closed my eyes and prayed and it was right Hmm. the decision was made
0: does that sound at all leslie like your story except you were going in the in the opposite direction the two of you passed each other on the road so to speak
3: first i have to say listening to both of you it's really fascinating to me hearing these stories but i it it was different i um my faith and beliefs Sounds a little more similar maybe to Nancy's um, story in that I don't I think they've changed very little I think that my belief um, is essentially what it has been um, for as long as I can remember it's (coughs) deeper and broader and and has uh, perhaps more mature overtones but I think it's essentially the same faith I've always had Um,
0: but in a new housing so to speak
3: yeah well, what, what is that
0: central belief which has never changed? Can, you,
3: can Oh, you I don't know. <laughs> Not standing on one foot. <laughs> um, <coughs> then now, you
0: really are sounding like a Jew. You know where that comes from originally, <laughs> yes, don't you? right. That's what they asked Rabbi Hillel. Yes,
3: yes. Give
0: us the ultimate meaning of the law while standing on one foot.
3: Right. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't want to answer that right now, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. But well, I, that, I, I will I go back to... to uh, yeah. I, we may bit by bit through discussion, mm-hmm. but it's very difficult to in a short phrase to say exactly what a person well, believes is. Well,
0: Rabbi Hillel, his answer, standing on one foot, was essentially mm-hmm. a, an early statement of the Golden Rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, not do unto others as you would have others do unto you, but something rather similar in, in, in phrasing. That isn't the central belief, is it?
3: Um, no, I, I really, I do have a strong belief in God, but, yeah. um, you know, having said that, I think it gets a little complex. Well, I'm sure all complex. three of you do,
0: and then the question would be, what's the proper or the most uh, moving representation mm-hmm. of God? And I think for each of you, there's been some shift as to how God ought to be represented.
3: I, th- I think perhaps it was just a a vocabulary and mm-hmm. a ritual that expressed it in a way that really had more meaning for me. Not necessarily that the belief changed, but that there was vocabulary that represented what I felt better and rituals that represented what I felt mm-hmm. better. When you talk about moments of enlightenment, they came uh, really much more... Um, as as Terry was talking about in the community sense that um, there were years of living in a community of doing things of associating with friends of becoming a part of it and um, when it struck me most deeply was really fairly recently I uh, teach religious school and um, Occasionally I have conversations because I'm I'm not uh, afraid to tell my students my background and these are high school students and they're involved in dating they have a lot of questions and um a lot of issues around interdating so we'll have discussions about that and I see how they're struggling over this and they don't know how to handle it they don't know what to do and um, I myself am dating again now over the last two years. And it's now that I really register um, how far I've come. and if if there's, um, a lightning bolt or something, that's what it is, that it's not a struggle for me. I I haven't made a narrow uh, rule for myself that I will not go out with anybody who's not Jewish, but it just seems that it's a very natural thing that happens. I don't want to go backwards. I've I've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. It's very important to me and to my family. And I love to teach people, but in my own home, I don't want to start back at the beginning again. I, I want to be moving forward.
0: Somehow you bring so. to mind a, a, a charming story that I heard years ago. Uh, in a movie house, suddenly the lights go up and a man, a middle-aged gentleman rushes to the stage and shouts, is there a doctor in the house? Is there a doctor in the house? And one man on the balcony stands up and waves and says, I'm a doctor, and the man on the stage says, Doctor, you'd like to meet a nice Jewish girl? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a, t- a touch on the irrelevant side, I'm sure, but you seem to be saying that having been married once to a Jewish man and that marriage is no longer operative, mm-hmm. if you marry again, I suppose you want to, you think you would just as soon keep it in the family, keep it in the religion. There's
3: no question about it, yeah. and I, I can really see um, uh, in being with a person who is not Jewish and considering going out with them, that um, it's a very subtle thing, but there are differences of culture and community and outlook and perspective and so on and so forth, and um, yeah. they Each they of you then has
0: found more community, it would seem to me, and mm-hmm. more fulfilling sense of community in a community to which you came rather than the one from which you came. Though Nancy hasn't talked so much about Islam as a communitarian experience, but I suppose it must have that quality for you as well.
2: Yes, it did. It did have um, that. I did have that experience, but uh, it really didn't mean much to me. My community involvement, or if the community accepted me, really didn't uh, play much of a role in my in my accepting Islam or becoming a, a Muslim. As I said, if a stranger had passed me by on the street, mm-hmm. and put this concept in front of me, and he never or she never had seen me or passed me again, I still would have become a Muslim.
0: I want to tell you now what I have in mind, a little game I'd love to play with you after we pause for some commercials. There is a famous old Jewish theological work, the Kitab al-Khazari, the Book of the Khazars, which, re- written by Yehuda Halevi, which um, imagines because it's probably not truly historical, the debate that must have occurred before the king of the Khazars, the Khazars, a Turkmen people in what would today be Crimea or the Caucasus, converted en masse to Judaism in, I think, the 7th or 8th century A.D. Uh, But supposedly, according to the legend, and this is what Halevi elaborates uh, in his book, uh, this was after he invited to his court Uh, a leading mullah or imam uh, that is a theological representative of Islam, a leading rabbi, and a leading uh, Catholic um, priest, and uh, ask them to demonstrate to him and to argue before him the comparative merits of their religions. Now in this book the uh, the rabbi wins because it was after, uh, because that was the decision that the king of the Khazars made, and thus the mass conversion of the Khazars, which apparently did really occur over a million and a half or so people. Uh, I elect myself the king of the Khazars, though the outcome is by no means uh, necessarily going to duplicate that which we have in the original work by Halevi. But I'd love to hear the three of you uh, put forward whatever arguments or whatever persuasive considerations you think appropriate in suggesting that those who have little faith or those who are not fully content with the religious commitment they've got, might find greater truth and greater fulfillment if they came to Judaism, Catholicism, or Islam, respectively. Uh, that, I trust, is something you feel up to, and we'll take a whack at it right after we pause for these words. Thank you, Mary D. Our most interesting guests tonight are three fine uh, women. Leslie Simon, Terry McSweeney, and Nancy Ali, each of whom has gone through a conversion. I just learned something fascinating from Nancy Ali while we were uh, taking those commercials. Not only did you convert from Roman Catholicism to Islam, but you say it.
2: It's all right, you can say it. <laughs> you were
0: once a Roman Catholic nun, a sister.
2: Yes, I was.
0: In which order?
2: The Sisters of the Holy Family of Nazareth.
0: So you were a very serious Roman Catholic. Yes,
2: I was. was, You can't get much more serious (laughs) than that.
0: Well, I am not the King of the Khazars. I'm merely a uh, a befuddled and muddled uh, middle-aged college professor who really has no clear faith, though, as you know, some Jewish background. But I'm open. I'm open to anything really persuasive. Persuade me.
1: I'll start. For me, taking Catholicism as my religion, as my faith, was a very special gift. And you have to take faith as a special gift. And the friends and the community were very important to me. But more important than that is I received the Holy Spirit. And you go through stages in the catechumenate or the program of conversion when you're changing to Catholicism. And the first time I really felt the Spirit strong, swell inside me was the the first rite that we had to go through, the first Sunday in Advent, and the rite of entrance i felt the community behind me welcoming me and all the other catechumens i felt a lot of love and warmth but more than that i felt jesus within me it was a really warm experience everyone applauded Um, they applauded because they were happy that we had chosen to be among them and they were happy because they wanted us to be among them and i was very proud that i could become catholic and really believe in christ and know that all of these people were supporting me and God was with me and it kept on growing and it's still growing and I have so much to learn and being a part of this community no one pushes you. Everybody wants you to ask questions and they will help you. You have a sponsor. I'm a sponsor this year and this sponsor walks with you through your journey of faith and my sponsor is still a very good friend of mine and she still answers many questions for me So that. Is just the friendship and the spirit growing within you was such a special sp- part of becoming Catholic. The, the kind
0: of proof <clears throat> you offer, uh, and it's one of a number of proof, proofs which one gets in theological argument, is the proof in which cognition, belief, mm-hmm. the theology is confirmed and is validated by feeling. Oh,
4: definitely. Feeling
0: validates belief rather than uh, belief and close argument leading you to some new, deeper feeling for God?
1: My faith and my feeling and the love from people around me and love from God made all the difference to me.
0: And so you make that leap of faith, as Pascal calls it, Mm -hmm. based upon uh, a kind of emotional tone, which was unique in your experience up to that point. Very,
1: very unique. Mm
0: -hmm. Which is one route to God, surely, and one Mm -hmm. route to a whole new religious tradition. Uh, Have similar things happened to uh, Nancy Ali and to Leslie Simon.
3: Well, I could respond because there were similarities and differences. I'd like to ask a question Please. first, though. Um, Terry, one of one of the problems that I hear talked about most often um, for people who are becoming Jewish, and I know that I experienced myself. Uh, or not a problem, but a a difficult thing to get over is developing any sense of being a part of a community. Um, That there is such a strong sense of Jewish community and um, conversion to Judaism has not been um, something that happened very frequently until recent years. and it's different from Christianity, that Christianity, there may be many communal groups, um, and often there is no sense of community. I know in Protestantism it is uh, rare that there is. In moving in the other direction, did you feel difficulty leaving a community behind? Ha- have you felt that you needed to separate yourself from it or
1: you mean did I was feel, it not um, an issue or it's a
0: question really about what kind of Jew were you and know, how did you feel about Jewishness before you ever even met Dennis McSweeney and first got to know a lot of Catholics? That's a very good question.
1: Well,
3: and then the <laughs> other side of the question too is, did you feel you talked about community several times mm-hmm. in becoming part of your Christian community? Right. Uh,
1: how did you experience that? I'm I'm just curious how it compares. First, that's what kind of a Jew was I? That's a very good question. Although I had no formal religious education. I had a very strong um, tradition in my family. We, uh, my grandmother was orthodox. She was from Russia, Lithuania. Both my grandparents were on my mother's side. And I learned a lot of the history of Judaism from her, not that you would find in textbooks, her own personal history of Judaism. Uh, we celebrated the holidays, uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Passover uh Hanukkah, we had Hanukkah parties. All of this was a very special part of my life and I was told and one of the problems I had when I converted to Catholicism was do I have to leave all of this behind me? Do I have to say cut it off here? And the priest that was working with us, Father Ron, made it a very strong point especially to me because of the change. Mm that no, don't leave your heritage behind you, that's always a part of you, and it always will be, but there was, even though I believe in God, and this was mostly during my childhood up until the time I met my husband, there was nothing sitting there that made me feel like this faith is really strong other than tradition, which was important to me.
4: Mm
1: but there, there, had, there just was something missing. It was a mystery to me. I was looking for something, and I up until this point, I really didn't know what it was. I didn't know if I'd ever find it until something just drew me to the church. So
3: essentially, it was a journey of faith, but you remained attached to your Jewish community and heritage? Uh, yes.
0: Among the evangelicals, there are those who call themselves Jewish Christians do you call yourself a jewish catholic or no um, meaningful to you
1: i'm not a jewish catholic i'm a catholic Mm -hmm. with a jewish heritage a hebrew Mm -hmm. heritage Mm -hmm. but i'm not i'm catholic and that's how i feel and i feel a very strong belief in christ and the spirit growing in me and i'm like i said i'm always learning and my faith is always growing
0: let me reinstate the question i was pressing on all of you persuade me is there anything you can do to persuade me that Uh, your tradition is one in which I would find fulfillment and in which I would find the highest available (laughs) religious truth.
2: Well, if if you would be so kind and let me dwell on that question for a few minutes, I'm really tempted to ask Leslie a a question about something. May I? Sure. Sure. Leslie, you and I having been brought up as Christians, I mean, regardless Mm -hmm. of whether it was Lutheran or, or Catholicism or what, I mean, both of us had to have believed in Jesus as a savior, as a redeemer it's um, saving us from <coughs> our sins, uh, the baptism. I, I wanted to know what were your feelings at the time of your conversion about kind of, uh, I don't want to say disowning Jesus, but uh, giving him a sort of different place in religion. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. certainly, I know that uh, Jews do not mm-hmm. accept Jesus as a savior, a son of God, or...
0: Jews, uh, she disowned Jesus more than you did. Right. By becoming a Jew rather than by becoming a Muslim. Do you feel
2: that he's a prophet?
0: <coughs> the Jews do not consider uh, Jesus a prophet. They consider him... What? Well, I, let me ask the representative of Judaism to... Let's, yeah, well, that's
3: called that, rabbi or teacher in the New Testament itself. But you don't feel that I he's inspired, that he was
2: inspired at any... uh at any length by uh, God to have uh, been such a great He he doesn't
0: rank with Isaiah or Jeremiah or one of the Old Testament prophets. He ranks Mm -hmm. as uh, a a wise uh, man, learned, and also really in conventional Jewish interpretation, misunderstood by those around him or misunderstood by those who came after him. Uh, The British scholar um, who wrote the Passover plot, you Schoenfield, he pronounces his name, was on this program just within the last month or so. And it is his view, as it is the view of many other such Jewish scholars of Christianity, or Jewish scholars of the New Testament, that the New Testament uh, in some ways, misrepresents what the original message of Jesus was, and I think that necessarily is the view that Jews friendly in their disposition towards the image of Jesus have to take. Don't oh.
3: you? Well, I just I want to back up a little bit because there no, was I just another want to know how you felt about it. Too. Right, I understand that. And there was another word that was used that I was really uncomfortable with because I never experienced um, anything <coughs> like disowning. Uh, it just never happened to me. Well, how do you think,
2: feel about Jesus now?
3: Um, first of all um i think that protestant belief and training is somewhat different and quite different in many respects from catholic belief and training and um, i suspect that there are many protestants like i was who have a very foggy idea of what jesus represents um at best
2: did and you read the bible at all in your religion a a great
3: deal i did that yes
2: did. my father well, was you were a the, minister da- we you were read the daughter of a
0: methodist minister <laughs> yes. you must and, and i was very familiar, familiar with the
3: bible there's no question about it. it happened that my father um preferred what i then called old testament and so i spent a great deal of time with that but uh, I would never say it was an issue of disowning. i I always had a great deal of difficulty with understanding what that was all about. I didn't understand, you know if I wanted to talk to God, why I couldn't talk to God. Why right. did I need? Yes, you know, I
2: also had the uh, same feeling, energy. Leslie. But the whole thing of i don't I will not use that word if it if it if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Let's say we, in theory, when I embraced Islam, I had to say that, uh, I had to bring Jesus down a step. We'd say he's not the son of God.
0: But you do treat him as a prophet. Both Moses and Jesus are prophets. Yes, but in we also Islam. treat
2: uh, Muhammad, peace be upon him, as a prophet also.
0: But the seal of the prophets, the last of the prophets. The last the of ultimate the prophets,
2: prophet. but we don't uh, give him any lower or higher distinction than we give any other prophet seal.
0: Don't you give him higher distinction? Oh,
2: absolutely not. No, no, that's absolutely un Islamic. We are not allowed to distinguish or make one higher. Maybe God. In his infinite Mm -hmm. wisdom has his priorities, but we as human beings in no way can do that.
0: But Jesus and uh, Moses and others (coughs) who have prophetic quality in Islamic teaching uh, were much as Paul speaks of himself uh, in Corinthians. Uh, They saw as through a glass darkly, But it was only Muhammad who saw clearly and fully, because he is the last of the prophets. The final and total revelation of God's nature is that which is given to us by Muhammad, rather than by...
2: The completion of the religion,
0: which was... Am I quoting Islamic doctrine more or less accurately? I think
2: you are, because Islam, to we Muslims, began with the creation of Adam, with the creation of the Mm -hmm. universe. And Adam was the first prophet which God had put on this earth.
0: Well, how did you feel about leaving Jesus?
2: Well, I don't feel that I left him because, as I say, he's still a messenger to me. Mm. He's he's the bearer of a book called Injil, in in Arabic, Bible to Christians. Um, so therefore, I I don't feel at all that I have uh, uh, insulted him because I never really could understand how he was God. All right, that was mm-hmm. always a problem with me. How was he God's son? How was he equal to God? That that something can God I ask Nancy p- a question? Yes, go ahead. If I-
1: you um never understood how he was God, Uh, was this true before you became a nun?
2: I was looking for answers, that's why I went to the convent. I wanted to find out, I wanted the answer, I wanted to believe better than than I was believing before I entered, and I said, if I do this, I'm bound to come out with answers. Well, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, I came out more confused than I went in.
3: You know, that was one of the things that that you're talking about now is one of the things that appealed to me about Judaism when you asked for an argument, and um, one of the problems that I had growing up with Christianity is that it's so heavily centered around faith and feeling, and I, I think it's a fallacy that, you know, Christianity is, is creed and Judaism is deed, but um, if there's an emphasis in any direction, it's more toward faith and feeling in Christianity, I think. And things happen to people, events in their lives, periods in their lives, where you just don't feel it. You wake up one morning and you just don't feel it, and then what are you? And I had a great deal of difficulty with that. So one of the things that I've appreciated very much about Judaism is um, the idea that it doesn't, whether you feel it or not, you're still commanded to Follow the Mitzvot to follow God's commandments.
2: Same in And song, yes. um,
3: you know, it it provides for me um, an avenue to make a statement of faith that it, it even structures your life. It structures my life. It mm. allows me to say, even though I'm not feeling it or I'm not believing it today, I am still a part of this community. I am still a part of this belief system. I'm still a part
0: of this way of life. And I still can't use the same plates the for uh, for meat as I use for non-meat foods.
3: Right. That yes.
0: really—that really is a religious uh, requirement.
3: Yeah, and I Trivial think it's, as it I think it's also a statement of faith. You know, if especially, especially if you do it on a day when you don't happen to be feeling any great sense of religious enhancement. And on Friday whatever.
0: night, you should always light the menorah and say the Kaddish. Is that important?
3: Um, well, we don't see the Kaddish in, in my home, but we certainly do light candles yeah. and have oh.
1: Sabbath songs and So there's, and stru- there's structure. And, yeah. Of course,
0: there is structure in Islam, there, and there is considerable structure in There, there is considerable
1: structure mm-hmm. in Catholicism, of course, yeah. when we go to the Mass. I mean, the whole thing is structured. Any of the holidays, any of the Masses, any of the special feast days, anything but, we do is
0: structured. But maybe not quite as much structure carried over into the home as is true for the other two religions we're talking about.
1: That I think depends on ritual
0: requirements enacted mm -hmm. in the home.
1: It depends on the individual family too, or the individual person that's Catholic. In our home, uh, when we say grace, there is a certain structure Mm -hmm, to that. To be sure. And we don't follow everything like every Jew or Islamic person has their days and doesn't follow everything. But when I say that faith and feeling and the spirit growing within me is very important, that is. uh, That's a part of me. That's a part of me being Catholic Mm -hmm. and believing in Christ. When I get up in the morning, if I'm having a bad day, which Catholics do have, I mean, we're human, uh, that faith and that feeling and that spirit is what gets me through the day.
0: We do have to pause once again. We're quite late for commercials because I'm so fascinated with what the three of you are saying. But I must point out that uh, though Terry made some effort to lead me to her faith or show me the basis on which one can discover the intrinsic truth of Catholicism, both uh, <coughs> Leslie, who shares the faith of my fathers and shares it more fully than I share it, uh, or Nancy, who shares the faith of my Semitic cousins, which I don't share but of uh, which I, but in which I've always been interested, Either of you have offered me a kind of theological line of persuasion which might begin to get me to consider that perhaps the traditions you represent are each of them, respectively, the most effective way to God, the most effective way to full religious truth. And I'm going to give you one more chance to do that after we pause for these words. Thank you very much, Mary D. We will be on to the phones uh, more or less at the usual time. We'll open the lines right now. The number 5917200, 312, the area code if you're calling long distance, and as usual, we try to give long distance calls priority. We await your calls with considerable interest, whether you want to pose a question to our guests or get in on the discussion and uh, share some of your own experiences. You don't have to be a convert to call us and join in the program, 591-7200. But can you make a class or can you begin to uh, make the effort? If you wanted to persuade me that Islam is the way, what would you draw my take my attention to?
2: Well one thing I would like to clarify before I mention anything is that uh, I cannot persuade you to become a muslim or anything else I would say that that is totally in the hand of god himself mm-hmm. I believe that god enlightens those who <coughs> whom he wishes and kind of pulls the curtain down on those who he wishes not
0: to. He has so far chosen not to enlighten me about the correctness of the way of Islam, though I've had the opportunities. I I know something of Islam, I have many uh, friends who are Arabic scholars one way or another and uh, who will talk with me about these things. Great scholar at the University of Chicago, Mm -hmm. um, Rahman, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not there. It's something
2: that comes from God. Uh, religion first of all you something you've got but there is
0: but there is argument as well surely yes. there's a mode But if situation. I had to
2: persuade you let's say if I wanted to um, uh, say to you uh, some, say something to you to make you ponder on Islam mm-hmm. I would say to you that it's a religion which complements the human nature of a, of a person. How? How? Okay there are certain first of all there are in Islam you have sins against mankind and sins against God. You have duties towards mankind and you have duties towards God. If I, if I intentionally harm you, bodily or mentally, in Islam we say that that's, I've committed that sin against you. Okay, let's say, I don't know if you believe in Day of Judgment or anything like that, but on the Day of Judgment, that, like, when we're being judged, you have to forgive me for that. First, God will not forgive me until you have forgiven me. It's a fair religion. The sins that are, or the, the obligations that I have to my Creator, uh, okay, my prayers, my fasting, my um, giving of zakat every year, the poor do, those are sin. those are duties that I'm obligated to do by God. They're duties to God that I have to perform. If I don't do those, I'm punishable by God and He has to forgive me, all right? So, that's one thing. Another thing is, I would say that it's a religion which hasn't cut itself off from the previous ones. It includes Judaism. It includes Christianity. The only difference is it doesn't call it Christianity. It doesn't call it Judaism. It's totally Islam.
0: Pardon (coughs) my turning a touch political, but then religion and politics to some extent interact. Uh One doesn't get the sense that in the contemporary era, Islam has been especially well disposed towards a sense of brotherhood and sharing with uh, those that other people of the book, the Jews. Politics has somehow entered in and corrupted or transformed uh, that friendliness towards Judaism, or at least towards the secular works of Jews, the major secular work being Zionism and the founding of a Jewish state.
2: Well, let me say this, that I feel that um, what you're what you're telling me here is that um, we're talking politics now, strictly politics. And if As you were saying what you were just no, saying, no, I, c-
0: I couldn't help but ask let myself, me say that and aren't some of those PLO assassins good Muslims?
2: Oh, I don't know. I can't make a value judgment on their on their uh, relationship with uh, with God don't they think
0: themselves a good Muslim I don't don't know I
2: I really couldn't I could not in in all honesty answer that question I have no right to pass a value judgment on a human being that I do not know I do not know their set of circumstances I do not know why they're doing what they're doing I cannot make a value judgment I will say one thing the news media I feel tends to uh, propagandize a good deal of what is really happening in those countries to the side they wish to favor, okay? I will say another thing that all through history when a a group of people want to accomplish a certain goal and can't get it done any other way, they'll they'll, they'll tend to use the name of a religion as their banner, as their Mm -hmm. cause. Well, we're doing it in the name of Islam. We're doing it in the name of Christianity. I mean, if you go back to the Crusades, the time of the Crusades. I mean, you had Muslims and Christians fighting each other. How do we know that was really a war of religion? I mean, we don't know that. In many situations, you'll see priests and bishops outside throwing holy water on war tanks. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, religion doesn't belong there. But yet, you know, the religion must be there.
0: Well, in the broad sociology of religion, it's commonly understood that no matter how devout particular practitioners may be, and how pure certain central charismatic figures, founders of religious mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. visions may be, that religions once organized uh, inevitably interact with the other institutions of the real world, and that religions take on political purpose and political usage just as they take on you know, other kinds of... But they
2: should. They can, and they're allowed to. As a matter of fact, my religion, I mean, there there is no separation in my religion between uh, uh, religion and state law. You know, in a in, in totally Islamic country, the law is based on the Holy Quran.
0: Oh yes, uh, you lived for a while, you've told me, in Saudi Arabia, that, that, is, that right. is truly a theocracy.
2: That is a far theocracy. Far more than yes, it is. you could even imagine. So, place. of course, it, it I mean, religion is politics, religion is a lot of things. Religion is all mm-hmm. of so- society and all of social life and all that it encompasses, but what I'm saying is, there are there are situations where religion is used as a, um, a scapegoat, let's, so mm-hmm. to speak, for for something which is uh, co- kind of covered up.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think the PLO, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think the PLO are running around calling themselves good Muslims, anyways. I've never heard them say that.
0: Have you? Oh yes, I think they they <coughs> often do, uh, indeed. In general, and, and mind you, I am not unresponsive to the dilemma and the tragedy of the Palestinian people. And mm-hmm. I am not one of the. I am loyally and uh, significantly a Jew, but I am a Jew who <coughs> profoundly disdains the views of the Likud party, say, and of uh, the works and ways of uh, Begin and Shamir, uh, and uh, the West Bank policy and all the rest taken by the original Begin government. Strike me as um, indecent. And indeed even ultimately injurious to the prospects for stabilizing the role and the prosperity of israel in the middle east i don't mean to argue those questions or to cast them in that kind of um,
2: homeland it's also palestinian
0: christian it's a political all great political causes find verification and confirmation of their struggle and
2: by the way the will me, of God there's one thing I must uh, clarify here you use the word jihad let me let me define the word jihad for mm-hmm. you jihad does not The word jihad means a struggle It could be a struggle that I'm having with myself. I could be having a jihad with my own mind. I could be having a jihad with a pen because I'm having difficulty... Yeah, well, that's
0: linguistics. I'm using jihad in the sense of holy war, which is... (laughs)
2: Well, I'm just saying that if you talk to a pure Arab, he will use jihad in many, many different contexts. I mean, it's not just jihad means holy war.
0: Okay, granted. Let me pause for a moment to say this is WGN, Clear Channel Radio from Chicago. Uh, the area code 312 if you're calling long distance. If you're not, or if you are, or if you aren't, take way. The regular phone number is 591-7200, 591-7200. And we'll be onto the phones shortly, right after we take care of some commercials. But first, I certainly must give Leslie another chance to bring me back to Judaism. I haven't left. I- I'm not really in it. Uh, I-, I needn't bother the dreary business of defining myself once again. But you know, loads of Jews like me, I'm sure. Who are culturally Jewish, but really aren't as invested in it in Judaism as you are, is there an argument? Is there something persuasive, something logical, or do you, like our other two guests, essentially argue that finally it comes through the grace of God rather than through mere persuasion?
3: Uh, no, I think it takes a lot of work from the individual also. Um, You asked me a little bit different question, which I'm much more comfortable with because, like Nancy, I certainly would not feel comfortable trying to convince anyone that something that's right for me is right for them. But um, I feel much more comfortable with other Jews uh, because I find that very often um, one of the things that has happened is that there's a lot about Judaism that perhaps they don't know. Um, One of the things that I have loved about it, and there are many things that I don't know, which is, by the way, one of the things that I love about it. No matter how much I study, there's always something more to study. Um, I think that it's a religion that appears on the surface to be a very simple and straightforward belief that there's one God that He gave us commandments to live by, that it's our job to live by them, and that's that. But It's a religion of many cultures, of a very long history, uh, and it has produced a great deal of different kinds of thinking, uh, elaborations on that very simple idea, and literature without end that you can go through and find something that's meaningful uh, to you a statement of belief that's meaningful to you, a way of living that's meaningful to you, and uh, it's something that I appreciate very much Mm
0: -hmm.
4: about
3: it.
0: (laughs) It's been most interesting listening to the three of you, and uh, what seems to strike me is that maybe this is a modern note, maybe it's always been there, that the final justification seems to lie in your sense, seems to be a uh, a justification in terms of pragmatism. The pragmatic epistemology of William James uh, and and, and those who followed him was simply you ultimately determine the truth value of any important belief by its serviceability in your own life. If it works for you, that somehow confirms its intrinsic validity. I see all three of you sort of half nodding. Have I come upon something?
3: One of the yeah, things absolutely. that yeah, I, I, it totally struck me as that. I was listening to all three of us that something that appealed to all of us seems to be a structuring, a way of giving, uh. giving order to a life. Uh, it was one of the things that I felt I was missing in Protestantism. I I don't say anything negative about what I grew up with. I loved it. I still share with my family, family occasions. And my father was my first and most memorable teacher. But um, I think I was looking for something that there was more to do, that mm-hmm. there was more structure and order and significance and meaning, more home. And this is a
0: world, a highly secularized and in many ways uh, an alienating and isolating world, or you know, modern modernity itself, in which there is not <coughs> anything all that compelling, except perhaps finally religion, if you can find it. Otherwise, you are yeah. part of that lonely crowd wandering the great American cities and Uh, over-rewarded, over-indulged, uh, hedonic possibilities in every direction, but uh, no source of value and final purpose, unless you can somehow recover and rediscover religion. Uh, Thus we've had a kind of religious revival in this country in the post-war years, and I suppose in a way the three of you are representative of it. Uh, I am just musing of uh, looking for common elements in your separate Lines of experience, and so are all sorts of people who are calling us at the moment. We're going to pause and take care of some overdue commercials and then get directly onto the phones. The number 591-7200. One line is available at the moment. Uh if you are hitting a busy signal when you call, uh please do not despair, but call again after we've said night to some prior caller. Five nine one seventy-two hundred, right back after this. Thank you, Mary. And those guests, to fully reintroduce them <coughs> and then directly onto the phones, are Leslie Simon, who converted from Methodism, and from Protestantism more broadly, to Judaism, <coughs> and is now a staff member at the Spiritus College of Judaica, if I've got that right, mm-hmm. the Director of
1: Continuing Education. Continuing
0: Education. Uh, Terry McSweeney, converted from Judaism to Roman Catholicism. And you're quite active in... At St.
1: Marceline's in Schomburg.
0: There we are, in your parish church. Mm-hmm. And Nancy Ali is a former Roman Catholic nun who um, converted to Islam and uh, is clearly a very strong advocate of Islam. 5917200 <coughs> is the number. And we're going to get right onto the phones. Here is the first caller. Good evening. Good evening yes, sir.
5: I just wanted to give you uh, possibly an argument that uh, what has worked for me uh, you want some convincing I guess Uh, my background was I was a spiritual zero I I called myself I grew up in the 60's and tried various things, mysticism, occult uh, spirit travel, ekencar I made a point of doing a study and analyzing everything that I got into and out of and finally what uh, I wanted to reused the term that was used by one of your guests, it clicked for me. And it's Christianity for me. I studied the Old Testament, the Talmud. I uh, had Jewish friends and the New Testament. And I saw, after I I was through fighting with myself after I started looking into it, investigating, instead of trying to tear it apart. I saw how it meshed, almost like a left hand with a right hand. The fulfillment, uh, I, one person said that the Old Testament is not complete without the new, and the new, a lot of questions are answered in the old. I saw how it came together beautifully for me, and it was a matter of studying and analyzing, but I i going uh, blind faith myself. I wonder if I missed something.
0: What were you originally? To what were you uh, more or less born?
5: Uh, I was nothing really. My parents were nothing. It was just more or less go along till I hit about 16, 17 years old. I uh-huh. was just starting to seek out different things uh, through friends and everything else and did some of my own study and research. Matter of fact, I did try the Bible a few times. I found it. Uh, quite honestly so boring I fell asleep the first couple of times but I was reading it trying to read well, it's, a,
0: it's an interesting personal account from it then you draw what uh,
5: I had to useful analyze,
0: generalization
5: I had to analyze for myself to see what really made sense what mm-hmm. uh, the, one of the questions I was going to raise is what is the focal point of each one of the, your guests uh, religion and I found for myself The main final focal point was it wasn't community which does play a part of it it should come into there. it wasn't good feelings because a lot of things i got into said well you'll feel great you'll feel loved for me it came out the ultimate question life everlasting and these short 75 80 years that we're given here on this planet i felt there should be something more christianity opened that door to me and i saw how the x for me mesh the old and the new testament Mm
0: -hmm. But th- but the reassurance of an afterlife was to you uh, perhaps the most valuable consolation offered by Catholicism.
5: Right, and it also meshed in what's going on in the world today with sin and atonement. Mm-hmm. It always came back to those two points: sin and atonement. Even in the Old Testament, there was always sin <coughs> and what atonement. It was a blood offering, and from there it got into the prophets, and from there it went. It led into the. So
0: message. what t- what what are you now a communicant of of Catholicism is yes. it?
5: Uh, I'm a Roman Catholic right now, and i tell you the truth, uh, 15, 20 years ago, if you would have told me that Catholic was the way for me, I would have said, no way, there's just two...
0: Well, this is another confessio, another apologia pro uh, religio sua, uh, a justification of his own religious choice. Um, Commentary from our guest.
1: Well, being Catholic and this gentleman being catholic also uh, he says the afterlife is the focal point that that brought him to catholicism and makes him comfortable with it um as i've said my faith community is important but more important than that my focal point is that i can believe in jesus That he's a very important part of my life that the spirit that he put within me that grew within me and brought me to him is what makes me love being a part of Catholicism.
0: Let me thank the caller and I uh, it occurs to me to ask you something or to speak for a caller who's probably trying to get through but isn't here. Um, You do know, don't you, that um, though this is a church going and a synagogue going country and there has been a religious revival, religious renewal in recent decades, that uh, lots of Americans are intrinsically indifferent to religion and view it as rather um, archaic superstition and if they won't call themselves atheists, as some proudly do, they will say of themselves that they are agnostic. They don't know and in truth they don't much care. The challenge of present existence and the moral urgencies of present existence are fully available without any religious mediation. What do you say to people like that?
3: If I do any proselytizing, I guess it's um, with the students that I teach to uh, not not to bring them to Judaism, they're Jewish students, but to help them to see in what way uh, their religion, their tradition can help them to think, can help them to think more deeply, can perhaps, uh, if not give them answers, at least um, provide them with a lot of good questions, and uh, to see it as being something of value. So I that's kind of proselytizing, I do, and I think uh, that that religion has that role. Um, I, I think also that um, being a religious person is a way of looking at the world, and to a certain extent, um, sometimes have that capacity more than others just as there are artists and artists look in the way at mm-hmm. the world in the way artists do and
0: some have religious so. sensibility and others don't some
3: but I think that it can be learned it can mm-hmm. be enhanced I think we all have a seed of it and um, I that I try to bring mm-hmm. to my
0: classes Nancy
3: yeah
2: yes I uh, think the feeling of apathy uh, which has cropped up over a generation or so is uh, due to the fact that uh, certain organized religions have gone to have made too many alterations and changes see when you uh, tell a person that uh, uh, you, you must believe thus such and such and if you do not believe this this will become a sin for you and then five years later turn around and say well Let me give an example of the eating meat on Friday in Catholicism. When I was a child, I dared not touch a piece of meat. I thought that I would just disintegrate uh, right in front of someone if I dared eat meat. And then five years down the line, they turned around and said, Oh, it's okay now, you can eat meat. Well, you can't do that to a human being because a human being has a logical mind. And what you tell him in matters of faith, he would like to think that that is going to be the law for until he passes into another life. Now, the thing that convinced me in Islam that's another uh, attractive issue is that uh, Islam has not changed in the past 1,405 years. Whatever was a sin or a good deed 1,405 years ago is no less or more than that right now. Um, uh, the Quran has been preserved intact for 400, 1,405 years. Not one mark in the book mm-hmm. has changed. So that, the the authenticity is there, so therefore I can find some truth in it.
0: Let's get back to the phones. Here's the next caller. Good evening. You're on the air. Uh,
2: yes, I wanted to ask Nancy Ali
6: about Islam as a proselytizing religion. Um, one of the things I always loved about Judaism and about Jews that I knew was that they never tried to convert you, and one of the things I've always uh, noticed about every Muslim I've ever met, and I am a Muslim, um, a, a born Muslims is that they seem to spend a lot of energy um, trying, if you show interest in the religion or whatever, trying to, to convert you. And um, although it may not be orthodox Islam, it is a perhaps a cultural uh, attribute of people who grow up in certain countries. I don't know as Muslims,
2: but it's something that
6: bothers me about my own religion.
2: Oh, okay. I can, I'll try to answer that as best I can. Uh, as you know... Uh, we are not to ta- to approach people who uh, express no interest <coughs> in Islam. As I can't go to Mr. Rosenberg and, uh, after the show is over and say, Well, I have some books I want you to read. Uh, I think you should consider becoming a Muslim. This is the greatest religion. I, 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 we Muslims are not allowed to do that. What we must do, though, is once a person has expressed an interest, it is our duty and obligation to convey the message of Islam to them. By saying that the basic fundamental rule of there being a one God, that Muhammad is a messenger of God, and a servant of God, that we accept him as a prophet, we must tell them that much and then if they still seem to uh, pursue an interest, it's our obligation as Muslims to pass that information on to them. We're, we don't force them to become Muslim, but we must pass on the information.
6: But see, that was what was curious about Mr. Rosenberg's question to you when he asked um, how would you interest, or if someone showed an interest in your religion, what would you say, and you didn't say that. And I find this very difficult in myself. And I think if you reflect a bit on yourself, I mm-hmm. do think there is a cultural difference between being American Muslim. It's very difficult for me um, to 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 push it to the extent that born Muslims do.
0: Um, well, ma'am, may I may I being yes. simply to ask you, how then did you become a Muslim?
6: Well, i I uh, did my undergraduate work in the Middle East, and i I was very much a, I grew up as a Presbyterian, and I also I could never accept the whole problem of Jesus Christ. I mm-hmm. was extremely uneasy, even as a child I recall every Easter. I just <laughs> it was just too great a, a mystery and I was very attracted to Judaism, in fact, and I used to go to the temple with a very good friend of mine uh, uh, every week. And I believe if I had not gone to the Middle East and uh, learned about Islam, I believe quite sincerely I would have become a Jew. The other question I would like to ask, though, is uh, the three participants um, how how do they feel that? maybe this is a disturbing question or maybe it's out of line, but how do they feel that they are different from uh, born participants in their religion? Um, I find many Muslims um, uh, who are born into the religion um, look at me with amazement Mm -hmm. and um, with
4: with my
6: my enthusiasm and my... I mean, Muslim women have come up to me and said, but, you know, it's so confining and all these things, and they seem to be themselves... Um, uh, blinded by the press and by politics and by, and there are so many things that I find new and refreshing and individualistic in the in the in the in the face that born Muslims cannot see, and they are astonished that an American educated American uh, woman would would find any attraction in it's there.
0: Th- you've asked the best question of the evening. That's a mm-hmm. fascinating question. Let's do a round on that.
1: Uh, as speaking as a fairly new Catholic it has been said to me that when a baby is baptized at birth that it's this is something the parents have chosen and that it is a special experience when an adult can choose his or her own religion or come to that point where he or she is chosen and that is why it has been so special for me people have said to me and to many other converts that i know that are converts to catholicism that we are better catholics than those, many of those, not all, that have been born to Catholicism. And
0: they fully accept you as a Catholic.
1: And they fully accept yeah. me as a Catholic.
0: Do Jews fully accept you as a Jew, Leslie?
1: Uh, yes, although um,
3: I I know many, many Jewish people, because I've been working in the Jewish community for mm-hmm. some time now. and, and I, you know, I do run across people who question it, who feel that somehow having converted it's never quite the same, and if you scratch deep enough, um, I'm different, Mm -hmm. that I can't really be Jewish. Fortunately, um, I think in a sense, the Jewish community is extremely diverse, and there are a lot of subgroups in the Jewish community, and I'm part of another one of these subgroups. Uh, There are a lot of people who have converted to Judaism these days um i i think also that my own sense of who i am uh, and my own sense of comfort um helps a great deal so those people who do make a comment uh, it doesn't bother me i Mm -hmm. i see it as an opportunity to have a conversation and um let them ask whatever they would like and understand each other
0: i note nancy that our caller who is also a convert to islam uh, Focuses especially on the difference between her and other Muslim women who feel though they may be loyal Muslims somewhat constrained By their Islamic commitment. Do you have a comparable experience with other? Muslim women from the Middle Eastern world say
2: Well, there was a great curiosity from on their part as to why I chose Islam
0: with its with its burdens
2: uh, well, That's with not what I tried to no, convey, no. Um uh I,
6: I didn't, that wasn't my implication.
0: I misunderstood you. What, the, what um, was your implication?
6: I don't think, I don't think that educated Muslim women, um, if they have looked into their... I was concentrating more on a, reli- the, a religious, the, the difference between a religious, a person who had, had led an examined life, and one who had not led an examined life, by whatever luck or grace was given them, um, I think I am extremely fortunate. Um, but I, I think that it's it's a matter of perspective and perhaps distance. I think many Muslim women uh, per, even come to this country or come to the West and go back and appreciate their 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 heritage, heritage more. Although I'm not implying that one can practice Islam more fully and. Uh, Middle Eastern country or wherever than here, but uh, there's a curiosity because of, uh, of a stereotype they have of Western women perhaps, and and, an, mm-hmm. and the lack of the, the a lack of uh, training of, of an in, that there is such
2: a thing as an individualistic,
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if
6: I'm... Well Nancy
0: is nodding vigorously, she certainly recognizes what you're talking about.
2: Um, Yes, I would like to say that I think the the whole thing is curiosity. The uh, Middle Eastern women and the Asian women cannot cannot understand why um, a liberated Western woman would want to uh, put themselves in a situation where... They would not want. They would not be doing the things that they normally would do. Being a non-Muslim, um, you know, I have known single girls to embrace Islam. Well, you know what kind of uh, situation that po- leaves them in? They don't. They can't go dating. They they the community seeks a husband for them. They they have to choose that person without really. Uh, knowing him as well as American women know their boyfriends here. We don't have the dating game uh, in Islam, as you know. So probably the curiosity is, how did she make that transition? How? What was so great about Islam that made her give all of those uh, those things up for, for, for this path? Matt, this we're very late like.
0: for some commercials. I thank you for a thank valuable you, contribution. You're welcome. Good night. Uh, we'll be right back after these words. You- and right back to Nancy Ollie, Terry McSweeney, and Leslie Simon, and right back to the phones. Good evening, you're on yes. the air.
7: Hello. hello. Um, I respect all religions. and the most, um, I'm, I'm Catholic, uh, raised as a Catholic, but I respect the Jewish people because they never change their way of thinking. Christ I speak to that, uh, the lady that changed? Hello?
0: Yes, ma'am. We're here. Go ahead.
7: Yeah. And I just wondered, uh, your Jewish people, the way they think, They never changed like orthodox, and I respect them for that. The Catholic people, they're changing to this, they're changing to this. You don't know what to believe anymore.
0: Well, not all Jews stay just where they uh, are. They don't all stay Jews, obviously. Terry McSweeney didn't. And, good Lord, we've had lots of, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but we've certainly had some significant number of Jewish converts to other religions in America these years, haven't we?
1: That's true. Uh, At St. Marceline's, I was a first. And I think that was unique to St. Marceline's, and I think because of that, maybe more so, the community surrounded me.
0: Another curious thing about uh, people who are born Jewish in contemporary America is that lots of the young ones, I shouldn't say lots, it's, it's a small number, but still, they are overrepresented in the ranks of the cults, of the Eastern cults of one sort or another. The Unification Church of Reverend Moon has close to a Jewish majority in it. Uh, and that of course is of great concern to uh, people who have a communitarian interest in the maintenance of a Jewish identity in this country. Do they worry about things like that or talk about them at Spiritus College of uh,
3: I Not in a specific course. I am sure that it comes up informally mm-hmm. at certain points, but that's really not our focal point there. It, it would come up more in a religious school environment. Yeah. Um, and, and there I think it's it's a valid thing to bring up, and I think it ties into what we were talking about earlier with the structure and the order. It seems that people are looking for that, that we've...
0: Of course, when I speak of Jewish converts, or especially of Jewish uh, kids who are attracted to the cults, I'm not talking about... Uh, most of them probably are not grounded in serious religious commitment but have just that general vague Jewish ethnic cultural background.
3: Well that may or may not be true. I think there's also a lot of kids who have had uh, religious training but for some reason it wasn't in a meaningful way. It didn't make sense to them. Uh,
0: Because I'm so fascinated in what you've been talking about and in our calls I committed a a great secular sin. I was 10 minutes late for the last commercials. I beg forbearance and I apologize to all who are listening uh, the one shouldn't apologize for our wonderful commercials, but we're gonna pause right now catch up we will be on schedule, and then we'll be right back to the phones evening
8: Oh, uh, yes, my name is Ibrahim Shah, and the question I have is directed towards the Christian religion um, How do they see God or observe? Uh, not God, but how do they see Jesus and, and observe him as uh, the son of God or
1: equal to God?
0: Well, let's turn to one resident Christian on this panel.
1: That's a very difficult question that many people are still doing a lot of research on. How do they see Jesus as the Son of God? We believe that in the Trinity, in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that's one God in three forms. And that's the best explanation I can give you as a new Catholic myself. I'm still learning, and i'm looking for answers and if anybody can help me i'd be more than
0: willing to listen well, to them one thing you're allowed to say is that's the central mystery of christianity. That's
1: definitely the central mystery of ch- christianity that's what it's all about
8: right then how can you believe in him as the son of god if you don't know about you
1: know this i'm not sure i understand if you don't know about
8: well i mean you're saying that you're still studying about it oh sure i know but then how can you believe in him if you're still studying about it
1: i believe in in mm-hmm. basis of Christianity of Jesus and the resurrection, and I believe in everything he stood for. As I read it through the Bible.
0: Ibrahim, how old are you? Uh, I'm thir- 14. Are your parents um, uh, American, or are they born in? Well,
8: I was I was a Christian, and I converted to Islam. And as a Christian, I was very confused on how they could say that Jesus was the son of God or equal to God. Mm-hmm. You know, and. The explanation that they told me that there was Mary and, you know, she had
0: gotten pregnant. Well, we know it's a mystery, but let me ask you something now. Um, uh, You're 13, did you say? 14. 14. You read and write quite well, I'm sure? Yes. Uh, Is it conceivable to you that uh, you might have grown up without learning how to read and write and then suddenly one day uh, a voice would speak to you and would say, uh, recite, read, and uh, you would protest but i can't read i don't know how to read and the voice would just insist read recite and you would find magically you're able to read that which is put before you well
8: that could happen
0: you recognize the reference that's how right. mm-hmm. that's how muhammad is first inspired and uh, and reads from sacred sources these scriptures which become the quran right isn't that just as mysterious as those elements in christianity that you're talking about yes
8: but see the the point i'm getting at is that what i was taught you know when i used to go to the christian school mm-hmm. was that um god was you know like he gave uh, the fertilization to mary to have jesus mm-hmm. but see and then that's why they say that jesus is the son of god because god you know had uh, given her the fertilization you know
0: well it's um i think there's more to it than one that. doesn't view it as fertilization and it's more like
1: and uh, like
0: parthenogenesis, then.
1: Right, but uh, see
0: the, Fertilization, I would think.
8: Right, but then you know that's what some of my friends view, it, and yeah. I say that if you can you know get uh, uh, prophet ah from Mary and consider him you know very high, yeah. Then why don't you care uh, see uh, Eve as very high because there were there was no female to make Eve there was only Adam the first. You know, person on earth, Mm -hmm. flesh came in, and why don't
4: they uh, see evil? Well, these are very
0: fascinating questions, and they are issues in theological dispute which we can't resolve tonight. But you know, you fascinate me. You're a very well-spoken young man. You've got deep interest in these matters. I am a little bit more curious about you. Are your parents Americans? Well, yes, yes. So you, they are Christian. No. They, they they converted to Islam, and then you converted to Islam. Yes.
8: First, my. You know, the the same way kind of with um, Nancy Ali, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
4: you
8: know, that's kind of the same thing that happened. My mom, you know, knew um, a man from Pakistan,
4: Yeah. and
8: he would not tell her anything about the religion, and she studied it on her own, and it was up to her, you know, if she wanted to become a Muslim.
0: But you changed your name too, I get
8: it. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I used to have a Christian name, but, you know, now that I've been, become a Muslim, I think that the name that I have now is very.
0: How was your? Apart from your inner belief, uh, how do you live differently? I mean, in the world as a young, fourteen-year-old who is a Muslim, has that changed your your oh, way of life?
8: Very little. Uh, there's, you know, certain um, eating habits that are different.
0: Yeah, no more pork.
8: Right, no pork, and you know I never drink. You know, there's no drinking, and um, you know you shouldn't. You know you should be modest, and Uh stuff like that. You know, it it hasn't changed much for me. Um, You know, the kids, you know, they always tell me that, you know, Jesus is the Son of God and all that, but I believe that he's a prophet, and uh, that it really hasn't changed. You know, I always thought that he was a prophet, but I really
4: didn't understand how they could...
0: uh, Well, you've made a fascinating contribution. uh, You sound like a fine young lad, and I thank you for calling. Okay, thank you. Are there many uh, American converts to Islam? Do, we, do you know any numbers on this Nancy?
2: Oh gee, I wish I had done my homework. I, I don't know any numbers but uh, yes there are a lot because I, I'm saying there are a lot because I meet a lot of them
4: mm-hmm. uh,
2: in my community at the Islamic Foundation where uh, I teach Islamic school. Um, I meet a lot of American convert Muslims at the American Islamic College. I meet a lot of them through the Islamic Information Center of America which is a, a dawah, I shouldn't say dawah, you don't know what it means, it's a A way of conveying the message of Islam to Mm -hmm. interested people who want to know about the religion. Yes, many Americans are converting to Islam, Mm
0: -hmm. and many
2: Western Europeans
0: also. (laughs) Are you in, uh, is the Islamic community in Chicago in uh, significant contact with the black Islamic community? Yes. Uh, We've got two divisions of it, of course, both of them based in Chicago.
2: Yes, but I wouldn't call them divisions. Uh, Actually...
0: uh, Two different movements.
2: Well, that, yeah, but see, part of that movement, part of that uh, black movement had uh, merged with the Sunni Muslims.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So a great majority of them are, us, are, are a part of us now. So they're really not divided. Uh, they, we all have different uh, mosques in different areas yeah. which are convenient for us to travel to. But uh, I think that the majority of black Muslims are Sunni Muslims now. They have dropped the...
0: You mean Warin Muhammad's group. The He's a Sunni yeah, Muslim. Yeah, of course. What's the connection with uh, Minister Farrakhan's group?
2: Oh, I don't know anything about Farrakhan's group, to tell you the truth. Um, I know him more uh, as a politician than I do as a Muslim, so I really can't make a comment.
0: Well, he claims direct theological lineal descent from Elijah Muhammad, and uh, they, are the na- they still retain the title Nation of Islam.
2: Well, Elijah Muhammad was a... Um, kind of a person who uh, awoke something mm-hmm. in them to make them become Muslims but see they consider him a, a prophet that's why that's why they're different from us because mm-hmm. we Muslims say that there is no prophet after Muhammad that Muhammad is the last of there the is messengers.
0: no God but God and
2: Muhammad is the
0: Muhammad is his servant prophet. and messenger yeah. and back to the telephones 591 7200 good evening
7: Good evening, Milt. just want to mention another fascinating educational evening.
0: Thanks,
7: Um When I was listening, you had asked uh, the, the members that are there tonight um, for some convincing argument perhaps of uh, why their religion was the religion of truth, so I was thinking to myself what I would have answered if uh, you had presented the question mm-hmm. to me. Um, just I would like to say that I hear a similarity to, I think her name is Leslie, I'm a Jew myself, with one difference that I'm not a converted Jew, but I had grown up as a non-religious Jew to a later point in my life, approximately 10 years ago, and, um, one of the big things I still have to confront it daily with family members and old friends that, uh, that I meet who, who see me and still wonder, and, and I think it's really the same question that that was presented. Um, what, what I would say is lacking, and something happened tonight that really surprised me. You had mentioned um, some things to Leslie about her observances, and I was really shocked to be, you know, to be honest that. You know, I've listened to your program for a long time, and I've had the most utmost respect for you as a very intelligent human being, which I still believe.
0: What did I do wrong?
7: Well, nothing that you did wrong. It's just that you showed a real, real lack of an understanding of the basic Jewish under- Jewish tradition. You you made a comment about Friday night lighting the menorah and saying Kaddish. Yeah. Now, a menorah is something that is. Is I should have said
0: the candles, you're quite right.
7: Okay, yeah. and, and Kaddish, like, I, you're confusing it with i Now, I'm, I'm not...
0: Kiddish. Kaddish is on Yom Kippur, and I should have said the Kiddush. No,
7: Kaddish is something that somebody says is a, uh, when somebody passes away. Yeah. Now, I'm not calling it all as, well as a criticism, but to prove my point, that I know myself that I grew up and I went to the basic Jewish um, Hebrew school in bar mitzvah, and with without any commitment whatsoever, because... In my own family there was no commitment this was like something that all jewish kids went i grew up on the north shore and we all went and got bar mitzvah it was something that had to be done and what happens is adults grow up thinking that this is what judaism is all about they have like a twelve year old understanding, and it's you know really shocking that adults would want to. Yeah. So self- your
0: argument would be that's why it's rather easy for many to leave the religions of well,
7: uh, not even leave of not, origin
0: and go to some new one.
7: Not even to leave, but right, to leave it, and not even to have an understanding. Like, you know, the more learning by us. The greatest commandment of all is the commandment of study, because mm-hmm. we understand in a, in a world today that just little acts of rituals mean nothing if you do not understand the, the background. Okay, interesting
0: comment. Let, would you like to hear some comment upon your comment? Yes, please. L- let, let's turn to Leslie.
3: I, I wanted to respond in a few ways. First of all, um, it's it's not meant to be a plug but we talked earlier about the focus of spurtus in our courses and um I, th- I think that this is certainly one of the things that's true and that a college of jewish studies has to offer is that um many if not most adults uh, stopped their study at a childish age and have uh, a very young view of religious ideas understanding of religious ideas and texts and uh, a Jewish college offers an opportunity for people to come together and at an adult level study, talk, have intellectual excitement about religious subjects, about Judaism. Um, just as an interesting sideline, um, my former husband grew up in circumstances very similar to what you described, and I think that that's uh, very, very common, and uh, what happened when he married me... Um, i do object to people looking at me as a fanatic because i converted it's not true i have been a religious person observant person all my life Uh, it's in a new framework now was very important to me to do as much as i could in order to develop a sense of jewish identity and he found himself going through a whole transition uh, that he needed to go through as i went through it in order to keep uh, our family as a unit
0: let's thank the caller uh... this a, a perverse question suddenly occurs to me. Each of you has two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you feel about your kids marrying the kid of one of your two other two colleagues on this program tonight?
3: You know, I've, I've done uh, a few times. I've talked. I mentioned with high school age children, and and one of uh, the boys once said, "If your son wanted to marry, say, a Methodist."
4: <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> exactly.
3: I. Uh, and it's it's very difficult thing to answer because my family um, was respectful of me and of my choices and have been supportive and I've appreciated that very, very much on the one hand and I would want to offer that same kind of respect to my children and their judgment. On the other hand... Um, we have invested a great deal of time and effort and love in it. It's something that we shared as a family. Uh, we have a whole history of things that we've shared together, and it would hurt me. I think that I would want to feel that if they met a person that they would know what Judaism means to them, that they would know that they want it in their home, and that if the person weren't Jewish, that they would find some way to make that clear that that was a commitment and to make that happen.
0: Can't reimagine, uh, 15 years from now, your son comes to you and says, "Mom, I've met a girl I want to marry her. There's one thing, she's Jewish.
1: Well, my mother's listening, so.
4: <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I think that I feel very much like Leslie, that I would very much want my son preferably to marry Catholic, uh-huh. but since I too have been through a similar situation and my mother was very understanding, it was very difficult for her, she cried a lot, I cried a lot, and we talked a lot, and she, we've come to an understanding, and I would hope that I could do the same thing for him.
0: Uh-huh. Nancy?
1: If I had sons,
2: which I don't,
0: uh-huh.
2: I would no, uh, not object to my sons getting married to Christians or uh, Jews, because in Islam, uh, Muslim men are allowed to ma- uh, marry any girl who has, a, uh, uh, from the people of the book, al Kitab, yeah. which is the Bible or the Torah. Yeah,
0: But you have daughters.
2: They cannot. Uh, they are
0: not allowed by Islam. No, they
2: will not marry uh, non-Muslims because uh, of the problem. Uh, as you can see in our three cases here, we all um, uh, selected or chose our husband's religion. Now, it may not necessarily have had anything to do with uh, the influence of our husbands, but the uh, rule of thumb has been, excuse me, in the past that uh, women do follow their husbands' faith. Of
0: course, you know what a feminist would say um, to all of this. She Um, would say, this is still male chauvinism and male dominance. Why don't men convert to their to the religions of the women that they marry. Uh, oh, some marry. do.
2: Some do. I, I, I know of cases where uh, uh, Muslim women have wanted to get married mm-hmm. to Christian men, and, yes, they have. They have converted but I'm sure, Islam. again, if
0: we had the numbers, we'd find that the flow is much more in the one direction yes, than the is. other. Yes, it
2: is. Yes, and that's why the world is there for
0: us. Uh, we must pause. Uh, some last group of commercials, and back for a few more quick telephone calls on 591-7200. And we'll dash right back to the phones. Good evening. You're on the air. Hello, Hello. are you there? Yes, sir.
5: I
7: would like to ask each of your guests, uh, 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 maybe a hard question, I hope it's not too hard. uh, They all converted, they all were something and went to something else. Mm -hmm. I'd like to ask them, were they sincerely Mm -hmm. practicing the faith that they were before they converted to something else? Mm
4: -hmm. And
7: since having converted to something else, and found a comfortable resting place. Do they now feel that they may have jumped ship too fast, or do they feel that they did the right thing
5: by converting?
0: Well, it's clear that they feel they did the right thing by converting. That's been uh, the tenor of the total conversation tonight. But did you give Judaism, Methodism, and Roman Catholicism a fair chance, respectively? Uh, that is the three traditions from which the three of you separately come.
3: I I uh, occasionally have an opportunity to study New Testament now, and I enjoy it very much. Uh, I understand it much better than I did um, as a Christian because I think I needed to understand Judaism that came before in order to read Christian scripture. Um, I. I loved what I grew up with, I was practicing, and uh, I must say though that uh, before I converted I was moving from church to church, I was clearly looking for something. Only uh, Protestant
0: Protestant churches, or did you flirt with Catholicism Protestant churches,
3: although my father was in a field where he was meeting with a lot of clergy from a lot of religions, and I often had opportunities to talk with them, with priests and so on. I found them all interesting.
0: I would say Nancy must have given Catholicism a pretty fair run if she uh, joined uh, an -hmm. order and served as a nun for a number of years.
2: I could not have given it any more. Um, search. I could not have done any more research. I could not have asked any more questions. Yes, I mm-hmm. felt that I gave it my ultimate um, effort. It did not answer my questions. It did not fulfill me in prayer. And uh, so it left me lost.
0: Though uh, I- I've read a piece that uh, uh, that Terry has written uh, accounting for her own uh, conversion experience and you really seem to say in that piece that uh, You had not any deep involvement with Judaism?
1: Uh, I didn't have any formal education as a Jew. I did not. My brother received a bar mitzvah. I did not uh, receive a bat mitzvah. But I did have a strong tradition to grow up with, with my grandparents, with my parents. That was strong for me, but no formal education. But I think that as part of a tradition, I did give it a fair chance in that sense not as far as a formal education, though.
0: You know, you are all... You do represent the peoples of the book. There's a clear difference between Judaism and Islam and Christianity, and there's a clear unity as well. They are monotheistic religions. They follow the same form. What if you're all wrong and the Buddhists are right? What if, indeed, Uh, The ultimate reality that we can only vaguely apprehend is a monadic central essence which fills all of the universe and of which all of our separate lives partake. And only when we shed the illusion of our separateness can we rejoin the Brahman, which is the ultimate pervasive reality. Uh, And only when we fully can do that? Can we avoid the cycle of rebirth and uh, constant karmic rebirth at higher or lower levels depending upon whether we have comported ourselves well in the last life? That's a whole religious vision that's shared between Hinduism and Buddhism and there are millions in the world who believe it. Maybe they're right. Does it bother you that they might be?
3: You know one of the things that I have really appreciated about the conversation this evening is that I think none of us has talked about our way being the only right way. Mm-hmm. I think we've all talked about it being something that's been very significant.
0: That's to why I offer you a really, of different, a really different way in in, in my wow. reference just now to the Eastern tradition. It's quite different from mm-hmm. the peoples of the book.
3: I think you have three people who are very comfortable and happy where they are. Yes, we and, are very uh, happy and respectful no one is of, right. of what others uh-huh. mm-hmm. I have
0: you are and I'm very impressed by that uh, even a touch envious uh, as, a, <laughs> as a secularized person who's got no deep commitment to anything with considerable interest in religion uh, I'm uh, it's always fascinating to me to meet people who have faith and uh, and find more than consolation find even revivification through the faith and I think that's clearly true of you and you've given us a um, very um, lively program And for that, I thank you most sincerely. We are rapidly running out of time. Our guests have been Leslie Simon, Terry McSweeney, and Nancy Ali. Our thanks to all for listening and for the excellent questions that came through. We'll be back again tomorrow night at 9 o'clock.